0: It is episode three three of the hot tag but it's a special episode we're just doing a round table here and i want to talk diversity in wrestling and i've got a great special panel set of panelists here with me today uh first i want to welcome back phil Lindsay of bleacher report phil thanks for coming on back here thanks for having me yep uh, another one i want to welcome back to is one of the champs of the hot tag so far is cam hawkins of the pw torch cam thanks for coming again brother
1: Oh, man, thanks for having me, man. This is great. Always great to be in a room full of smart people talking about smart things. I appreciate it.
0: Heck yeah, man. I got to keep you in the mix. And I'm happy to have back here uh, for the first time I'm actually interviewing is Andreas Hale of Sporting News. Uh, Me and Andreas go back, uh, starting in Vegas, actually, at the AEW ticket party announcement party. So, Andreas, thanks for joining me, man. It's awesome to have you here.
2: Yeah, I'm glad to hear be here. I'm just wondering who we about to piss off on Twitter because somebody's about to be in our mix and say some bullshit. You know, you know, we're gonna goes.
0: get it, we're gonna get the mix in. And uh somebody I met too at Starcast 4 uh is Andrew Thompson of Post Wrestling. Andrew, it's awesome to get you on the show and get you in the mix with everything.
3: I appreciate you having me on, man. I'm glad to be amongst this this, this great group of uh, talented people right here, man.
0: Thanks, man. No, you're a prodigy going and going. I say I, I hear all the stuff that goes around on social media and you're one of the top dogs. So finally, I got to get Rich Fan in the mix from the PW Torch. Me and Rich also go back a ways. Uh, he knows the best Airbnb place in Baltimore we stayed at. <laughs> <laughs> Super yeah,
4: again, that as y'all heard, heard from my uh, pre before we started recording, I am a cheap man. And so if I can find ways to save money, I will do so. Because sometimes Wade isn't going to sign off on that expense report. So let me find <laughs> a cheaper way. There you um, go. It's the way I'm to do honored it. to be with these Melanated Mafia members of the media, and I look forward to whatever fun Dominic has for us.
0: Yes. All right. So it's this been a couple of weeks going. I've been wanting to brew this up. Uh, I want to talk diversity in wrestling today. And uh, two major things kind of happened that really sparked me and motivated me to do this. One was like the Tony Khan and a Big Swole Exchange that happened. Uh, that we're all familiar with. And then the second one was Big E losing the title at uh, WWE Day 1 to Brock Lesnar, which was an unplanned and unbooked match. So how I kind of want to start this off is kind of just get your guys' thoughts in general on each of those two major topics. But then uh, if we have enough time, I want to close it up and give you guys some final say on it too. So let's start with the AEW thing. And I want to – I guess the overall question I want to ask is – to all of you, is there a diversity problem in either of these promotions? Uh, we'll start with AEW, and if so, how would you kind of rectify that, or what is just your overall perspective on it? So, with AEW, now this is coming from me, just a white guy <laughs> who doesn't. Uh, so, I have a certain. Pers- I had a perspective of it coming in. Well, I looked at it from a booking perspective of how it's all leveled out, but me not being black. I don't know how a visual would see for me if I don't see like, so kind of relating it to that. I want to get your guys' insight on it. Let's start with Phil. Phil, what are your thoughts on everything?
5: I did (laughs) not see. I do. I think a W has a diversity issue. I, well, I think the wrestling industry as a whole has a diversity issue. Like I feel like, I feel like they've done good things in terms of diversity, but I feel like there's a lot more they can do. And I feel like that was mostly Spole's point, because she did commend them on things that they've done. But she also said, you know, this is certain things I want to see more of. And I do think some of the constructive things she said about just like, like how unorganized the company is, were on the money. I don't think she was wrong about any of that.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I think that was a big issue was the structure of AEW and how certain things get executed. You see a lot of people come in and out of the mix and a lot of people don't get a lot of airtime. Andreas, let's get your thoughts next on this.
2: Does AEW have a diversity issue? No. Uh, Let's, let's be real here. Diversity. We have to define what diversity is. And I think a lot of people get it confused and think that diversity is just black people being in the top of the program. And that's not the case. If your case is I want to see more black faces in the main event picture. You have an argument, but we're talking about diversity. We're talking about women, LGBTQ. We're talking about Asians. There, there were three people that were three women that were not white that held the AEW title first. It's not there is not a diversity issue. There is a representation issue at the top of the card. And if you want to argue that, I'm here for it. But I get sick of people saying there's no diversity. We got to define what diversity is, and we have to be honest and say what we want. What we want is black men at the top of the card. That's it. That's the argument. Jay Cargill's the, the TBS champion. So we're not arguing about that. So I, I get I get frustrated when I see all that. Um, to Tony Khan's tweet, he kind of ruined everything he said by addressing Big Swole when nobody asked him. That was my primary issue with, with Tony's tweet because you're burying the lead. You pointed out that you have him and Mega, along with Brandy, three executive women of color, uh, and, and of course himself. But once you mention Swole and the contract run, running out, Twitter's a cesspool. People are going to sink their teeth into the negative aspect of what you said, and they're going to bury you for it. So personally, I, I like Tony. I just kind of think, get off of Twitter, man. You got to be above it all.
0: Do That's the, work. the thing. Yeah, you get sucked up into it. We all know that. We're all familiar with that. Uh, I guess it's a good segue into Cam right now. So Cam, <laughs> here's yeah. What you think
1: about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? So um, when it initially happened, right, mm-hmm. um, when Tony Khan sent the tweet, I'm like talking to somebody who works for the company, like we're like in each other's presence. And their response was like, well, you know, why can't he say what he feels if that's what he feels? And I was like, the issue is not having an opinion. The issue is you were a billionaire criticizing an employee. And so what happened was it created a situation where people who have been waiting to say horrible things to black women started saying it, right? And so I think that when we talk about diversity issues i think that a lot of times the people in charge they you know you can hire as many people as you want but you also have to understand that you can't talk to everybody the same way you can't talk about everybody the same way because what you're doing is like like andrea said like especially on twitter you're creating a situation where people feel comfortable attacking people who they wanted to attack but have just been looking for an excuse right and i absolutely agree on um, with the idea that when, when people are talking about diversity, you know, using the proper terminology is super important and you should talk about what you want. Um, I think that when you present the argument to somebody, because this happened while we were having the conversation, when you present the argument that well, I think that the every wrestling company outside of like your shimmer or wow is built on the back of the men's division. It's what they push the most. That's what they present as their main event. And so if that main event um, or if that particular division looks like each other the whole time, if everybody you could put in a lineup and they all look very similar, I do think that presents an issue. But I'm, I absolutely agree. The terminology is super important. But I think that when you start to talk about the specific terminology, a lot of times that falls on deaf ears because people know exactly what you're talking about. And when I say that, it's the people who don't want any part of it at all. They can start to check off boxes where they got it. This person here and this person there, and how can you be upset with this? It's like, well, when we start to have the deeper conversation, a lot of times they don't want to have it. So, diversity problem, no. Could they work on their diversity? Could they work on their inclusion? Could they work on their representation? Absolutely. And I think that a company being so new, you know, being three years old, they absolutely had the opportunity to do that from the beginning and chose not to. And now they kind of want you to wait and see. And it's like, if you wanted to do it, it would have been done. It's not something you had to build to. Th-
0: that's interesting because, okay, so from when I came into it, I kind of looked at it was like, okay, so they got new stars. in Well, they're, they're getting some name stars starting off. So they have uh, the Young Bucks, they have Cody, they got Kenny, they got Hangman Page, all white people. But I was like, okay, well, they're starting it off. Maybe they're just, they want to tell their story, but including somebody like Scorpio Sky, somebody that started from the origin from the beginning somebody like Nyla Rose um and somebody too like Big Swole like you had those all starting off so there was opportunity for that so I I was very interested in that Rich let's get your take on everything uh how do you feel in regards to yeah just what kind of what just Cam just said and in regards to yeah did they have that plenty of opportunity to kind of already cultivate that for not just black people but just all kinds of races as well
4: yeah, um, I, I think I want to start with what Cam and I and Travis Bryant over at The Torch, uh, what led to me being in that first scrum mm-hmm. for, for the AEW yes. promotion, yes. Mm-hmm. which was uh, we do the East Coast cast every week. And we were hearing from primarily black listeners saying, you know, first it was either tweets and then it became calls saying, don't the AEW ain't gonna push no black people. They don't care about no black people. And I'm the type of person and Cam has been very helpful in keeping me from being that type of person where. I don't like possibilities being thrown out without you having the facts and evidence. So I don't like, I really, I hate Twitter because I hate bad faith arguments. Sure. Like if you're going to tell me something's wrong, show me, show me how you've asked the question. And so when I was the idiot that decided to go to that first scrum and get front row and ask him, what are you going to do to have black wrestlers featured in your singles division? I had a prominent wrestling uh, journalist say that was a loaded question. And that was two years ago. Two years later, the same questions are being asked, and so nothing was done. My question at the time was to finally have on the record, here's what the owner of the promotion, it's not like WWE, you know, or, you know, in England, I can talk with the owner of, you know, uh, a promotion, and they will tell me, hey, here's my, but I can't affect that. Here in the United States, AEW said this is what they're going to do. This is what we're working on. This is how we're doing it. We saw a storyline with Scorpio Sky that then fell by the wayside. We saw storylines with other wrestlers fall by the wayside. We saw private party beat the Young Bucks, even in the tag division, which they said was going to be equal to the singles division. And then they fell off the face of the earth. And so those sorts of questions are justified. I want it to be, and Andreas and and Cam and everyone so far and Phil had said it, for me, I, I would simply put a division together. Where there is a person that stands in that ring, and I believe they have a shot at winning your title, because currently there is not a black wrestler on your roster. I believe has the possibility. When I see Big E on WWE prior to his win, that was the argument. This guy has everything you need. Why don't you have this happen? When I see Bobby Lashley, even before he won, same question. If I'm out there and I see Darius or Dante Martin, or if I see, uh, I know he mentioned in a counter tweet that he's happy where he is, uh, as far as like Powerhouse Hobbs. Mm-hmm. I want to see PowerS Hobbs walk in the ring, go eye to eye with a champion. And we believe, okay, something's about to pop off until that happens. You haven't created a fiction that I can believe. And that's on you as the promoter. That's not on me as the viewer. No, I
0: think that's, yeah, very valid points. Um, and I feel like somebody like a Hobbs, I'm like, he, he's immediate. Like, I think he's got just the facials that he makes the presence that he has. I'm, I'm somebody that looks at him and I'm just like, that guy can be a world champ right now if you want like, you could just be right there, you can position him, Andrew. Uh, let's finally get your thoughts on everything and uh, see, uh, kind of, yeah, just where your perspective is and where your mindset is with all that. On so,
3: uh, so, so to piggyback on what I was just talking about, as far as powerhouse Hobbs goes, like, uh, I, I think he had that match with um, with CM Punk at the at the, the Dynamite Grand Slam or Rampage Grand Slam. I thought he was going to like be ascended to the TNT title pitch, I thought that was like immediately where they were going right after that. Like, I think Hobbs has like, everything it takes to be a champion in AEW, like, it's not even a question. But, like, going back to your original point, as far as, like, is it is there, is there a diversity issue in AEW? I think everybody kind of hit on some really fair points. I don't think it's a diversity issue, and I think Andre is uh, really specified on it as far as, like, it's a, it's a variety of different things that includes the LGBTQ uh, Q community and also including women within that. And uh, I think with Tony Khan and his tweet, like, I think it's just plain as it was just corny as hell. Like, it, it was, like, no room for it. Like, I think he that he... Like, um, I think Cam mentioned this, he's able to open the floodgates for people to already say these different variety of things. They probably already wanted to say the Big Swole. And we've seen people criticize Big Swole um, in the past, and like I had a lot of people, um... I, when I commented on it, I had a lot of people in my uh in the mentions and stuff saying, like, oh, you know, what, she's not a good wrestler, etc. Like, and I, but the, the thing is, like, wrestling is, a, is very subjective, and, and I, I don't think Big Spo is a bad wrestler at all. She's very talented, and then you can go look at her body of work from when she was in prize, even with her stuff when she was in the May Young Classic tournament. Big Spo has a great body of work, she's not nowhere near a bad wrestler, so and, and like, with Tony Khan, for him to be in this position, um, and to sort of just jump on swole like that and allow other people to do it and then like in past especially in these past media scrums um i think it was the all out and uh, uh revolution one uh when he was like he said you no know, he he praises on big swole called her a great wrestler and how much he enjoys her work and her on-screen presence and her personality and all this stuff and then for you to turn around and to give the whole well you know the only reason we didn't resign is because we didn't like her wrestling so you were being disingenuous this whole time toward, and you you know Basically, express what he truly felt about it, and and I and, and I think that also could so that you you as a being and as a lead of a head, a head of a company, you essentially saying that you don't like a racist and wing work could it has the possibility to affect what they do outside of your company. It, it, I'm not I don't think it will, but I'm just saying that possibility is there. So like I, I I don't really think Tony Khan went about it the, the right way, and I, I saw a lot of people um probably at like i I'm, so I, I don't know if Big Swole wants an apology from. Him. I, I think I saw an article where she said that she doesn't expect to get one. But, like, I think Tony Khan, he very much means uh, what, what he said. And I think an apology at this point would just be, like, you know, just disingenuous. And, like, he doesn't really mean, like, it, he, he really wouldn't mean it if he were to issue uh, an apology at this point as we uh, this far out.
0: It's I mean, like to, to think about all that stuff, too, with, you know, how it's just everything gets aired on social media in that immediacy where you have that immediate platform. You can immediately say something and tweet something out like that. And I know it's it's a sticky, sticky situation. Um, like Rich, do you want do you have something to say to that? Yeah.
4: Yeah. I, I just wanted to add one real quick thing. When I first uh, started writing for the torch, one of the things I mentioned was uh, I cautioned that Tony, when he owned Fulham, the first time they got relegated. Mm-hmm. on Twitter. Fulham fans said heinous things about him involving animals. And every time they'd say it, he would respond in their you know he he And so I would I would have hoped in that situation he would have a little bit of perspective that when you see that sort of because that really just came down to really one racism to just absolute lunacy on the part of that fan base to say those sorts of things to a human being about an animal. Yeah. And if you go through that experience, I would hope that you would have the ability to see, hey, maybe if I join in on this, this isn't going to be the best thing. And since he didn't, that sort of, you know, Andres mentioned earlier the idea, or, or you mentioned, as a white male, you might not have been able to see our experiences as black men. But all of us could see an experience and say, hey, maybe the women need more respect here because when you tell Big Swole she's not talented enough and watch a tag match with three blonde women and one white Latina, that is that's a signal, and that might not be an intentional signal, but that's something that is showing that a very like this is what I want in my main event. You were never in my main event, but these people can be, and so that also is something you have to be careful with because people are listening. Go ahead, Andrew. I'm sorry.
3: Oh, no, no, I was just going to uh, just just add on real quick. Like when Big Swole, when she hit her points. Like, I think the initial reaction was towards sort of the, the diversity remarks and the diversity comment, but she hit like a bunch of different fair points that like, I think a lot of people should really go back and listen to that podcast, man. Cause she, she legitimately made some fair points. And then also like when people was like sort of jumping on her, I'm like, you, you don't get to tell somebody who was literally there experienced it that they're wrong like she was literally in the thick of it she was there she was there since the jump when she got signed in late 2019 she's been there she's seen it all I'm pretty sure that she went to jump out there and just say things without the, without that being an accurate depiction of her actual experience so you as a person who wasn't there not talking to you Dom but I'm talking about no, what you're no, saying yeah. people in general like they was jumping out there saying well you know AEW can't be like that it's, it's, it's not the adversity is you don't get to tell her who lived it you know that she's wrong It like it, it don't work like that
0: no, but everybody on social media wants to do that though. <laughs> that's, that's the name of the game with that. Um, but I, that does lead me into the point too, of like, almost, it's almost a form of like a big form of ignorance in a lot of ways when it comes to, uh, to how stuff is kind of booked or naive, naivety in a lot of ways too, I feel. But, and that kind of segs me into uh, WDE in a lot of ways, because um, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show here, like Biggie lost that day one, like, unexpectedly to Brock Lesnar uh, and Vince McMahon is notorious for that rash type of booking and things like that. And Biggie has been in the main event platform and everything like that, but I, it kept making me think back to the pay-per-view where he lost clean to Roman Reigns as well. And um, then I thought about Bianca Belair and I thought about all, all of these, these other moments where Kofi Kingston jobs out to eight, in eight seconds and things like that. Um, I, I want to start this topic off with Andreas and kind of get your perspective of it all. Uh, Considering that you know Big E and uh, you're good friends with him, I just want to get your perspective overall, how you felt about it and what your uh, viewpoint is is of him being in the main event picture, and does that hurt him moving forward? or Just overall, I want to get your thoughts on it.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, obviously, you know, me and E did a bunch of things while he was champion, even before champion. I mean, the walkouts, pro wrestling, I mean, for boxing, you know, Mm obviously he did Big Noon for Iowa. Uh, he did the intros for Wilder Fury. Um, I would argue that he was very valuable outside of the ring for mm-hmm. infiltrating spaces that the WWE has not been able to infiltrate with minority talent. Being on the Breakfast Club, for instance, or, <laughs> you know, everything that he did was beyond what their other champions have been able to do. So it came down to value. Like I saw people scream racism. It's not racism. It's about valuing your champion. Biggie did what he did without much of the help from WWE, if you want to be completely honest. I mean, he went on these endeavors himself. But when you have the man getting beat by Roman Reigns, when you have the man getting beat week after week as your champion, well, what does that say about your champion? That means you don't value your champion. So as soon as Brock Lesnar enters the picture and he ends up coming out last, when the champ comes out before him, it's, you're, you're sending the sign that we don't value as a champion. We want to ride with what we know. What Vince knows is white males at the top of his, his championship picture. And what Vince knows is white women on the top of his picture, because yeah. there's no reason Bianca Belair should have lost to Becky Lynch in that manner. Would I have been mad if it was a wrestling match and it just, it happened and then Becky beats Bianca. We got the story to tell. No, no problem. It would bother me if Biggie and, and Brock had a match of one-on-one that was advertised and Biggie lost to Brock. No. But when you do this rash booking, it tells me uh, we're panic booking here. We don't necessarily value you because we don't think you can carry that title and we're going to put it on somebody else we believe can carry that title, even though Brock's not going to do the things that he did. And it, it does not only value in him as a champion, but value in the community that supported him, that got him to that, that helped get him to that point. It was the same with Kofi. It was the same with E. It's It's been the same thing for plenty of years. So it's it's about value. There, it's not racism. It's value. And they didn't value you e as a champ.
0: Yeah, excellent points. And I think like, yeah, it just does a disservice, not only to that talent, but to the fans getting trying to get behind that certain talent of like, hey, I, this is somebody I want to get behind. And they're who I root for. The, the, that's my guy. That's my gal kind of thing. And, you know, when that doesn't happen, it's extremely frustrating. And I keep thinking back to, to to day one where it's like, OK, you have how many other people in that match that you can pin clean? Why pin Biggie? Why pin Biggie? It just doesn't make sense to me uh cam let's get your thoughts next and then we'll go to andrew
1: Vince McMahon man is like a really interesting mind um when we were running up to wrestlemania we run up to kofi mania uh, i wrote an article for the torch about you know who kofi represents and kofi was a super unique uh thing in that i think if we go back and rich can probably tell you as soon as i ask the question but outside of booker t and kofi has there been a black heavyweight contender that was not a college athlete. Like not even champion, but contender. I think all of them were, like just about. Um, and Vince like has, uh, you know, cause we talk about racism and of course Vince has done some like wild stuff with black people, Hispanic people, Asian people. But I, I do think he's always found value in like a black all-American athlete. You can see it with Bianca, you see it with Big E kind of to a lesser extent, Lashley, but still like a, you know, armed forces, you know, champion. But there's there's a thing that he has, you know, with wrestlers of that caliber. Um, but I, I don't think, so racism is a strong word, right? I, I think that he sees value in black champions. I think he knows that there's a market to tap there, but in a panic, he goes back to his comfortable white champions. He just does, like, that, that's, just, that's just how it goes. Um, and, and with Becky, it's super interesting. Of course, Becky's like crazy over, Becky's not even American. And he typically can't stand non-American wrestlers, right? But he did kind of rely on that that crutch. And like Andreas was saying, like, Big E was was in, like, he was doing like cool black stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm at the boxing match. I remember when I was, you know, (laughs) 12, 13, all I wanted to do was be at my parents' fight parties, right? When I finally got of age, all I wanted to do was throw a fight party. And so, like, that was, like, super cool to me, right? Like, uh, you know, even though, like, Roman and Bianca, you know, have done it, but, like, we're talking Breakfast Club and Hot 97, like, just being really, really cool. But on the flip side, you know, made to look less than, made to be less than, when, you know, his run-up and his whole build, like, Big E is as homegrown a champion as they have come up through your developmental even back from FCW to be an NXT champ beating Seth for the belt to you know being in there with Cena being in there with Dolph being a part of the greatest tag team uh, ever in that company like just has done so much and for it to go out with the whimper it sucks it really does and to be involved, to be the one pinned is unfortunate, but then to not even be involved in the finish for the rematch. Um, and, you know, Paul Heyman did what he could to, to hype up Big E and Brock showed him love, but that love's not real if it doesn't play out on screen. And it has not been doing that uh, basically since the beginning of his run, and it's really unfortunate. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't say it's it's necessarily racism. What I think is, like, uh, it's funny, we're talking about the cons, right? Um, They said that back when Jacksonville had three black quarterbacks, it was because if one did bad, they didn't want the community screaming that they want to put in the white boy, you know? And a lot of times that's kind of what happens. Um, You get uncomfortable, you start to rest on your laurels, you go back to what you know, and it does slow down progress. And it's unfortunate.
0: Yeah. Yes it is. it's like yeah you know it's like take two steps forward then you fall back like a couple more steps <laughs> it doesn't balance out well andrew let's get your thoughts i only got 10 minutes going so i want to get yeah no, i'm
3: up. Well, I'm, I'm gonna make it quick because then I'm gonna let uh no feeling rich. I mean, feeling rich guy tapped in. We got the time of running, but uh, yeah, it was real quick like with Big E, man. Like, even, like, where we are right now, I think everybody's like main concern, even coming out of this, well, well, how are they gonna present Big E coming out of this? Like, are they gonna do what they traditionally do with usually black champions and even just looking like at the baby faces that they usually They just like push them off to the side or they go off and forget about it. Though, I think the most um looked at example is Kofi, like how he had that 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 little glimmer when you know when he lost the title and you know they showed the soul, the little signs and when we that he was going to show some a little bit of aggression and probably go back after the title, and then he just like you know just from the world title pitching And with Big E, he lost the um the, the the qualifier match, um, and then he got pinned by Rollins recently on Raw. So it's kind of like it it it, it, make, it makes it hard for people to sort of have faith in in in, in, in you know Big E possibly getting back in the world title picture. Like I, I'm pretty sure we all in agreement that we don't think he should have lost the title in the first place. Like I think that he was just you know collateral for Roman Reigns, unfortunately catching COVID. So. Um, yeah, yeah, man. I, I think Big E has all the talents in the world. Like the dude is tremendously like just just a naturally naturally likable person, man. And just to touch on um, Bianca Belair real quick, mm-hmm. like I, I I think it says a great deal about her that she where she is now, and to see like like how I felt about her as a character after she had that major loss to Becky Lynch, and to see how over she has gotten herself and i'm not giving them credit for that i'm giving her all the credit for that for her just being naturally charismatic and just talented as hell and i, I think she did like like when, I, i'm gonna be real quick i swear i was gonna be real quick but she uh when she when she did that um thing when she had that match with Dewdrop, drop and she did the dead look and the, did you see did you see them people did you see those people they literally rose to their feet like it was insane like bianca Belair, man, i'm telling i don't know how they are not like sending her like on every single talk show morning show but but you know what I will say this I I do believe that she's gonna beat Becky Lynch for the title at, at mania I I'm, I'm gonna say I, I I really do think like if they don't go that way I don't know what the hell they're doing like she is literally like you have the face of your company right there like I don't know what they're doing but I, I just I know I'm, I'm gonna pass it on real quick but she uh that they, they recently had her on the um they sent her on this press run and she was at the CES thing um and they had her doing like this like mass media stuff and like represent the company. So like what when I see stuff like that, that kind of makes me think like, well, well, maybe they have, you know, you, you know, big aspirations for it. But yeah, I, ho- hopefully they go all the way with Bianca. She's hella talented.
0: Well, absolutely. I, I, you speak to it too. It's just like her strength, her personality, the way she's able to engage with young girls and young kids and uh, that positive uh, vibe that she gives out it's like and then it's an optimistic vibe like too it's like you could really get behind that and somebody something like biggie really stands out in the way that he's his own man and he handles his like the per- like he embraces his personality he embraces his quirks he embraces everything like that and i think that's super admirable to do it also makes him stand out further like a star uh rich let's get you real quick and then we'll get phil to
4: close it out yeah i'll be I'll be quick. I'm going to do a, a, a blind tag to fill as I'm talking about uh, the item that's above Andres' right shoulder or left when we're looking at the screen. John Cena, while he was WWE champion, did an ad campaign where he talked about diversity, equity and inclusion on his own time. And then WWE kind of like rode the coattails of it as if they came up with the ad council's campaign. No, it was John Cena saying, I want to be a part of this. At no point did I see in terms of evaluation, our heroes rock. Become something where you get blasted outside of Big E wearing the outfit, outside of him talking about it during the promos. And that was the signal to me before he even became champion that something that was very important to the community that they're trying to serve and make money off of wasn't even enough for them to the countenance like glomming on to. Like they didn't even see that. Like, and it's the, and before Big E, if we're going to be real for a minute and I'm going to tag out the Phil before Big E, you had the same thing with Titus O'Neil. That man lives for helping people. He lives from putting himself out there. I always said Bruce Mitchell used to work at the Torch set. He should have been the guy that would have been the quote unquote black John Cena, the guy that has the title that's walking around. If, If Cena's on Raw, you have him on SmackDown, and you got community service out the yin yang. You got people representing out the yin yang, and you got someone that's authentic. And I think that sort of thing, both in AEW and WWE, is missed because for all of this, at the end of the day, it's still unconscious bias and politics. And those are the two things. That sometimes when you're doing the good, you don't want to do the dirt.
0: Mm.
4: Great stuff, Rich. Great stuff. Awesome. Phil, what do you got? Um, Just to tie the two
5: subjects, because I think a big issue with what Khan said was saying that she was not good enough, right? And I think that's just a microaggression in itself, because it just, you know, triggers all these things that we've heard all our lives. And not just that, just things that we've seen all our lives. And so I think once you come off that and you go to the big E thing, you immediately look at him coming in before Brock, and Brock is the last guy to come in. He's treated as the biggest star in that match, and it's treated, it's looked at like no matter how much he's done during this reign outside the company, he's not seen as good enough as Brock is. And they didn't have to say that. They showed you. Um, <laughs> and I feel like that was the biggest issue with it, and that's why I wouldn't call it racism like I've seen some people call it, but I do think there's a tendency in wrestling to tell you in so many ways, like, this is our guy. This is guy that's going to be the face of our company. I mean, even, I I think somebody else mentioned that how he's come up and he's a homegrown guy. Look at the way Brock was groomed when he came up. And the minute he got up there, they groomed him to be a champion immediately. He didn't have to wait years. And there's so many guys that have had to do the same thing. And I think, you know, giving us so many black champions within the last three years, and it's still a new thing, And we're still kind of in this place where it's like, all right, well, you know, here's a hundred and so days as champion. All right, we're ready to move on to something else. We're not ready to make you a two-time champion or a three-time champion or a consistent champion. We're just ready to give you this quick diversity project. Here, take the belt to the barbershop and all these good things where we're not even going to talk about it on TV. But here's some cool things that you could do for your people that we're not going to talk about later. And so it just... It just feels like there are two different things happening at once and they're not happening on the same accord.
0: No, it's, it's very true. It's like some of that, all that stuff, like the promotion of getting things like that down, like goodwill stuff and everything, it, it does not get the elevation it should a lot of the times on WWE unless they're getting some credit for it. Um, Andreas, you were part of that Art Heroes Rock kind of thing. Uh, talk about a little bit about that and uh, how the, what you wished maybe maybe happened a little bit more with that
2: going on for you, if anything else, you know. Um, I can only say so much. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, me, E, and Johnny Davenport, who does all the ring design, gear design, who's Gargano, E, everything else. When we conceptualized this, you know, we wanted to do something for community after George Floyd passed, it's something that we put together. And the support that we've gotten has been inside, you know, Montez Ford I've talked to, I've talked to Bianca, I've talked to a lot of people inside the company. You know, if you've seen the, the New Day promoted it on one of the, the Raw episodes, there was no edict from Vince McMahon to help support this. Why? Because it's not his, it's ours. Mm -hmm. And if it's not, if Vince doesn't own it, he doesn't, he doesn't necessarily want to have anything to do with it. So, you know, we're still going, fortunately, you know, Nobody's standing in our way from making this thing happen. And we're getting very close to, you know, getting this pilot episode off the ground. And that's what we're going to do. You know, I talk to E every day. That's one of my best friends. But the thing is, you know, it's, it sucks as a friend seeing my friend not being valued for everything that he's done. But we're still going to keep pushing. And we still hope that the community gets behind this, whether or not he's champion. When I tweeted that you're still our champion, facts, because he's still our champion. You don't need mm-hmm. that belt. It doesn't matter for us. We're still going to keep pushing. It is what it is. It sucks. I hope he gets an opportunity again. But you never know, Vince McMahon, but we're going to still keep doing what we got to do. Absolutely.
0: Great point and great way to end it, too. I want to thank you all for joining me today on this special edition of the Hot Tag. You guys are some of my favorite people that I've ever met in wrestling so far. So uh, I thank you all for doing this.